welcome to What's Up with Pastor Chuck. And um, I'm going to say it again. I'm super excited we get to be together. Let me ask you a question. What if there was a skill that I were to tell you about that could make your life immensely better, but what I need to tell you is almost nobody's good at it? Uh, what would that skill be? What would that, it's almost an art. What would that art be that actually we could teach you? You could actually embrace this in your life, be able to use this in your life, and you would find it making you more successful in almost every area of your life. And I'm going to take that back, every area of your life. In your friendships, in professional relationships, in education, uh, in marriage, uh, in, in all those areas, it would definitely make you more successful, yet almost nobody's good at it. And, and so if you have this, what's kind of interesting about this, it would make you one of a very, 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 very few people. And yet we were designed by God to actually enact this in our life, to practice this every moment of our life, and we're going to be talking about that right now. And whenever we come to counseling with people, and especially when it's a relational issue, uh, this is something we have to start teaching people. And I want to say this, you have to put in the work. Those who put in the work get better and get the results. Those who don't, and again, sad to say, it's probably more than won't, than actually put in the work, they don't get the results, but it really, it, it, it is a little bit of work, but it's not that hard. It's not that hard. So what is this one thing? What is it that can change everything? What is it that can make a huge difference? And you're ready for what it is? It's called listening. Uh, some of you aren't listening. <laughs> Lauren, you're listening. Huh? <laughs> yeah, Tracy's not listening, right? No, I think she is. She's just not here with us. But here's what I want you to know, is that when you start watching videos of, of groups together, I'm always amazed about how few people are listening. And almost everybody seems to be ready to talk, but not to listen. And so during this last year, when so much of what we do has been on Zoom, people haven't noticed, but known it, they haven't known it, but I've been watching for who listens and who doesn't. And I've been analyzing that and wondering why. Why don't they see it? Why don't they get it? Here's the thing that I've taught you before, but I don't want you to forget it. Everybody needs four things in life uh, to live a richer and better and deeper life. Everybody needs these four things. If you're a parent, your children needs these four things. Uh, if you're single, you and your friends need these four things. If you're engaged or in a romantic relationship, everybody in the end needs these four things. And what is it? It's attention, acceptance, appreciation, and affection. Interesting. Listening ends up in defeating all four of those and making all four of those better. Uh, we need, we need people who will listen to us in our life and we need to listen to others because when you listen to somebody, it shows value to them. Uh, like if you started walking up and started to talk and I'm like, oh, and I start paying attention to you. That says more about my value of you and my respect for you than almost anything else I can do. Listening is that kind of power. It has that kind of uh, difference in someone's life. It shows that kind of value to about who someone is. And so we need to understand that. And so when you listen to someone, I mean, really listening to them, you're meeting three, if not all four of those deep, deep expectations, those deep needs they have in their life. By the way, I do want to want pause. Your children need this from you. Uh, from the youngest age all the way up, uh, they need it from you. And, and here's the thing you need, they need from you. They need your undivided attention, uh, especially dads. 
Dads, it's important that your children get your undivided attention, that you look at them, that you listen to them, that you try to understand what they're saying to you. By the way, while both boys and girls need this, I bring this out all the time. Studies have shown girls need it more than boys, even though boys need it. So little girls will come running up and they'll just start talking. And what they're wanting to know is, do you see me? Do you love me? Do you care about me? But the only way they're going to accept that you do see them, love them, and care about them is if you listen to them, if you really listen to them. And so that's why girls are truly more verbal, at least tend to be more verbal. And so when they're verbal that way, they're wanting to know, am I saying things that matter? Am I, you know, communicating things that show that, you know, you care and I care. And so they need this. But all both boys and girls need you to listen to them. And they need it from their moms, but they really need it from their dads. Then, are you ready for this? When, when girls hit that teenage years, they're looking for people to listen to them. It's friends, obviously. But you know what? If you're a dad, man, you hopefully you fostered that and you give time to really sit and listen. Now, I do know this, and I want to say this before we talk more about listening. Very often, a teenage girl will do this to her father. It's, come here, come here, come here, get away. Come here, come here. Did you ever do that to your dad, Lauren? Yeah. Oh, you did? Okay, yeah. <laughs> but you actually, believe it or not, want the come here more than you want to get away. And, and, and so as a dad, you want to really be able to tune into them. What does the Bible say about such an important topic like this? It says this, Proverbs 1.5, a wise man will hear and increase in learning, and a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. Did you see how that verse started out? A wise man will hear. A wise man will listen. I'm going to challenge you, and I'll probably do this later on too. I would love for you this week to think about the people and notice the people you like being around more than others. And I'm going to bet, I'm going to bet it's because they listen. I'm going to bet there are people who listen and that makes you want to be around them. By the way, then, if people you want people to want to be around you, you need to listen. But the Bible says a wise person, a wise man, a wise woman will hear. They're going to listen and increase in learning. Uh, by the way, everything in life, uh, in relational settings at least, starts with listening. It starts with listening. We need to listen more and listen better. Uh, listening with the goal to really hear what someone's saying and the goal of understanding what they say. The Old Testament is written in Hebrew. And one of the most important words in the Hebrew part of Scripture is the Hebrew word Shema. As a matter of fact, the greatest commandment is called the Great Shema. And, and, and the word Shema is a Hebrew word that means to, understand, to listen and get it, to listen and understand. Have you ever been listening to someone go, oh, I get what you're saying, the word, that's the word Shema. It means I get it, I get it, I get it. And so in Deuteronomy 6, 4 and 5, which is the great Shema, begins with the word hear or Shema, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. So that's the great Shema, the greatest commandment, the most important thing you can know, Jesus said. And it starts with listening. It starts with listening to the point that you understand, listening to the point going, I get it, I get it, I get it. Uh, there was an experiment done and actually in more than one setting. I was so intrigued by this. But they, they took a group of high school students 
And the teachers that they had, their teachers didn't know they trained them to do this. They took a couple of high school students in every single class, and what they taught them to do was to listen to what the teacher was saying, and then go, wait, I have a question, and then ask at least one question, two questions, three questions over what the teacher was saying. And then either the third or fourth or fifth time, in mid-sentence, they taught the students to do this, to go, I get it. What you're saying is, and the teacher would just liven up. Uh, by the way, this is called shaping. They were test, uh, doing an experiment on shaping. And what they found is t- students who did that to their teachers could get them to do almost anything. <laughs> The teachers would stand closer to them in class, give them more focused attention in class. Uh, They would give them better reviews in class. Uh, They tended to give them more help in class, which, by the way, see, listening causes people to want to invest in you and cheer you on. So they tried that in education settings, and it worked across the board. They tried that in professional settings, business settings, and it worked across the board. Why? Because people actually are attracted to people who listen, and especially who seek to understand. Listening with the idea of understanding. So what does it say in James chapter 1, 19 to 20? One of my favorite verses are verses, two verses in the Bible. It says, this you know. You know this to be true. This you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone, everyone must be quick to hear. In other words, that we start with listening. We're quick to hear. When you go to say something, I want to tune in and really look at you and really listen with the idea of truly understanding what you're saying. So everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, (laughs) which I think is so interesting because you can't listen while you're speaking. Uh, You know, the old saying is God gave you two ears, one mouth. So you'd listen twice as much more than you speak. And then, of course, it goes on to say slow to anger for the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Let's start with James said this. You know this to be true. Everyone needs to be quick to hear. You need to be a really, really good listener. A really good listener. And you need to not speak as much. Uh, Catherine Marshall is a woman who uh, wrote a book called Christie. It was one of the best-selling books of the 19th century. You probably never heard it, and that's okay. Uh, Her husband, Peter Marshall, was the chaplain of the Senate. And and both Peter and Catherine were actually very famous people. And uh, one time she decided something. She thought, you know what? God's convicting me that I'm complaining too much that I'm speaking too much. And so you know what she decided to do? She decided for one full week, she would listen and not say very much. Not nothing. She didn't give the silent treatment. But she thought, you know, I'm just not going to say a lot. And the shock to her was this. Nobody noticed. And she also realized people felt more attracted to her. They wanted to be around her. So she went a second week. She went a third week. And realized, hey, I've been doing all this talking and nobody cared about what I was saying until I started listening more. And then they gave more respect to what I had to say. Uh, By the way, that's true for all of us. God has designed us to care before we share. By the way, there's another old saying I think you've heard. No one cares how much you know till they know how much you care. Not till they know how much you share. (laughs) Oh, Lauren, you like that one. Good. Yeah. So that's really, really fun. How about this? Proverbs 18, 13 in the New American Standard says this. He who gives an answer before he hears, it is folly and shame to him. 
You know what that verse is saying? That too many of us, we're thinking about what we're going to say rather than listening to what's being said. And so we're already planning out, like, hey, be quiet, be quiet, because I'm ready to share. I want to talk. I want to talk. And you know what's so sad? This is going to be totally true. Uh, today I was in a meeting, and a bunch of people were at, really energized and sharing. And I sat there thinking, oh, I wanted to say something. But they were going at it, and and no one noticed that I wasn't speaking. <laughs> and, and I'm the boss. And... Um, Here's what's wild is, is I realized I missed a lot of what was being said because I wasn't listening to what was being said. And I think I missed out on a lot of good things. And I would eventually get to share what I needed to. But it's more important that you and I listen than we speak. Uh, here's how the New Living Translation uh, uh, translates Proverbs 18.13 spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. By the way, I love that. Lauren, I love that spouting off. <laughs> it's so good, isn't it? Don't just spout off, you know. In other words, listen before you say a word. Make sure not only you're listening, but you understand. Uh, so you and I need to under, uh, make sure that's who we are. Uh, another verse out of Proverbs. Proverbs 18.2 says this, a fool does not delight in understanding, but only in revealing his own mind. Wow, that's powerful. So you know what? If I, I'm wise, I listen. If I'm a fool, then all I do is speak. I speak a lot. And don't listen very well. So God wants you and I to be skilled at the art of listening. Uh, he wants us to have the skill at the art of listening. So here's what I'm about to tell you. If you want to really be a wise person, if you want to have better relationships, then know the secret of asking seven questions. By the way, I think we should always ask one, two, or three questions. But whenever you're in a moment where you really, really need to know what's going on, then you got to ask at least seven questions. So you should just walk around and say, I want to be a person who knows how to ask seven very real questions with the goal of really listening and understanding uh, the other person. Uh, one of the biggest keys to having friendships is asking questions. Uh, one of the biggest keys in having great romantic relationships is asking questions. And so you're going to find that people, people are going to be amazed that you're one of the few who ask questions. But if you want to meet somebody, it's not that hard to do. I have a lot of people who will say, it's just so hard to meet someone. Or if I go to a party, it's hard to fit in. And you know why? Because you don't know how to ask questions. But if you want to meet somebody, ask them a question uh, and then ask another question and really listen to their answer and ask a question based on their answer. And so you just want to be able to do that, you know, and, and you can start out with some lighter questions and then go deeper. But whenever you're in a relationship, a one that's a real relationship and you're trying to communicate with each other, stop yourself and say, before I give my opinion, I need to ask seven questions so I make sure and understand what's going on. So the art of asking seven questions. Uh, by the way, this is a very, very big part of what we call the Jewish culture. And remember the Bible, the Old Testament is written out of Hebrew and gave birth to the New Testament, which means we were born out of a Jewish culture. But the Jewish culture is very, very different than the American culture. Now, why is that? One of the bedrocks of the Jewish community is asking questions because the Bible teaches that. 
Uh, so I was reading a book on, on the whole idea of understanding the Jewish culture. And they pointed out that the average student, when they come home, their mom or their dad, but usually their mom, will say this, how was your day? Uh, is that probably true for most of us, right? So you get home, your mom says, how was your day? And most kids go, I don't know. Uh, or it was great. And they try to get away. Uh, but that's usually what we start with is, how was your day? We might actually ask this question, hey, what'd you learn today? That would be the average American household. But in a Jewish household, most Jewish parents, according to this book, would ask this question, hey, did you ask any good questions? So the student comes home, the child comes home, and the mom looks and says, did you ask any good questions? Because that's so valued in the Jewish culture, in the Jewish community. So here's what I want to ask you a question right now. Hey, today, did you ask any good questions? Did you ask any good questions? Uh, later on today, when you get home, think about it. Did I ask any good questions? So asking questions is a key to having really, really good relationships. But again, I want to say this because I think it's worth over-communicating. When you ask a question, you've got to really listen to the answer. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds so simple, huh? But, but so if I ask Lauren a question, I really want to listen to her answer. I really want to know, uh, you know, what she's saying. By the way, I, I don't know why, but I'm going to go a little ADD. Uh, the other night we were on stage on Wednesday night, and I needed to ask uh, somebody who was single a question. And I felt like it was the night of all married people. Like, how, that, never, that never happens, right? And Lauren's sitting there, and I realized, okay, oh, my goodness. Okay, Lauren's here, and, and I'm going to be able to do this. So the question I wanted to ask her is, do you think your hands are warmer or colder than most guys? And so, by the way, I, statistically, my understanding is most girls have colder hands than guys who have warmer hands. So I expected to walk up and ask Lauren the question and get the answer, I assume. So I walked up to you and I said, hey, do you think your hands are warmer or colder than most guys? And Lauren very confidently says, mine are warmer. And I'm like, okay, now I really listened or else I would have been in trouble later. So now I had, to, I had a whole illustration I would use, Lauren. Uh, I, I did it. But the key was... I didn't want to make an assumption without asking the question or she would have looked at me and given the wrong answer or the right answer would have been the right answer and I would have been wrong. Anyway, it's probably not that really a big a deal, you know, in the scheme of world problems, but it goes to the point. You got to ask the question to know the answer and you got to really listen to the answer. And so you and I need to do that. So asking questions is the key to having a great relationship. As long as you ask and really are asking and really asking with integrity and listening to what's being said. Uh, then what is a key to truly listening? And here's, here's an answer you may or may not know. It's mirroring. See, when I ask you a question and you start to give me an answer, I don't want to just listen to what you're saying. I want to see your facial expression. That's a part of listening. I want to be aware of the tone of your voice. I want to know if you're getting more excited, less excited, louder or quieter. I, I want to know, do I sense tension or joy or, or frustration or fear? And I can, that's a big part of your answer. By the way, it may not be saying, oh, I'm afraid, but it might be, oh, man, when those kind of things happen, well, I'm picking up that there's anxiety to what you're saying. 
And so what I want to do is I want to ask the question and then take in the complete answer, not just the verbal, although the verbal, but I want to know the facial. I want to know uh, the body language. I want to know your tone of voice. And I want to really pick up on that. And as you begin to give the answer, I want to mirror what you're doing. That means that, that if you're sad, I don't want to sit there smiling. <laughs> or if you're smiling, I don't want to be all bummed out. Or if you're animated, I don't want to sit back bored. I, I, I want to tune in to you. Um, there's a lot of people in my life who I think are really great at mirroring. Uh, my assistant Tracy's amazing at it. Uh, when you begin to talk to her, you know she's listening because her eyes show it, her facial shows it. Uh, uh, and here's the thing I'd say everybody says about Tracy, she's someone who cares deeply. Now, why do they say that? Well, it's partly because she cares deeply, but it's also in big part because she shows it. Yeah. Um, she, she demonstrates it by the way she listens to people and the way she tunes in and the way she mirrors. Now, uh, interestingly, this is fun to me. Get ready. 20 years ago, uh, the, the first people to discover the whole idea of what we call mirror neurons was discovered. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Kilner and Lemon, who are famous psychologists and researchers, said they believe this may be one of the biggest breakthroughs, significant breakthroughs in the area of neuroscience or brain science that we've ever had. When the people began to discover that our brains were wired with what we call Mirror neurons. And that's an ability to actually tune into somebody else and, and, and have what we call empathy with them. Now, there's some controversy. It's a brand new science, and so there are some con controversies around it. But what you need to know is this, is they found that, that like if I look at you and I'm, I'm having that mirroring moment, my brain actually starts to mirror the activity of your brain. Uh, if your brain is actually functioning with more excitement, my brain will function with more excitement. If your brain is releasing dopamine and some of the other positive neurochemicals, mine will start to do that too. And of course, they found that a mom who looks at their baby in a caring way, the baby begins to mirror the mom and starts to feel soothed. If the mom looks at the baby with anxiousness and anxiety, the baby will pick up on that and do that too. And then I think, I don't know if this is going to sound right, but one of the cruelest experiments I've ever seen, you can see it on YouTube if you look it up. They would have moms look at their babies with a blank face showing nothing, and the baby goes into incredible distress. I mean, it's sad because it's a real baby being put through this um, almost torture. But the mom just sits giving no facial and all of a sudden, the baby begins to freak out because they, they, they aren't feeling loved. They're not feeling cared for. They're not feeling secure. Uh, by the way, I don't think I'm reaching too far to tell you when you do that to people, it does the same thing. When you sit blank face, when you sit bored, when you sit uh, not tuning in, then, then it creates a feeling of distress. And people don't want to be around you because you're not listening. You're not listening. So mirror neurons are a big deal. So what you and I need to do when I ask you a question, not only do I want to listen and pick up on your facial cue, your posture, your body language, your tone of voice, of course, the words you're saying, but I want to lean in and go with you on it. So, you know, if you tell me something and you're like, you're, you're just portraying a lot of emotion, I want to sit and, and let you know I'm with you. And oh man, I care. And and I say, oh, man, really? And, and give you the cues that show that I'm 
really listening. And by the way, they got to be real. They have to be real. But, but that's part of listening. So I, I, I want to tell you, then it creates this connection. And then it creates something called empathy. So mirror neurons are all about having empathy with the person, really connecting with them. And there are five levels of communication. And uh, we all need all five levels of communication. But the greatest depth of communication is called empathy. And so I'm going to have the best way of relating to you ever and I'm going to create a safety for you and I to share and talk and know each other. And God's created you to be able to do that. Now, if you're saying, oh, I can't do that. Well, let me tell you something. We found that dogs have mirror neurons, <laughs> even a dog. So, you know, if, you're, if you stare at your dog in the eye, it's going to freak them out. But if you look at them in a caring way, your dog's probably going to look at you in a caring way. And they're going to show a connection with you. By the way, I was hoping Tracy could be here today. She can be. Tracy, I found out cats. Cats have mirror neurons too. So they're not looking at you like I want to eat you. <laughs> okay, I thought that was funny. But cats do. And you know what? This is a wild one, ready? Rats do. Yeah, which is really sick. But have you ever wondered why a rat can be affectionate? And by the way, rats can be affectionate. If you don't believe me, watch episodes of Dr. Pole. Uh, but here's what I want you to know is that if you think I can't do it, no, you're, you're at the top of the God's hierarchy and being able to have empathy and care and love and, and a soul connection. And, and so, but God even created that in animals so that can happen too. And so it, it's a part of how God wired us. He wired us so we can connect with others. And so you and I need to do that. Now, so what I need to do is I need to ask you questions, maybe seven questions. I need to listen actively by mirroring what you're saying and really tuning in so my emotions are connected to you and I have empathy. And then what I need to do is I need to go deeper with you. Now, this is what we call active listening, and that's where you go even deeper. So here's what I want you to know. If I'm actively listening, and let's say I ask Lauren a question and she shares uh, her answer, and then I go, oh, so what you're saying is, and I ask her another question and she shares an answer, and then I ask her again. Then I finally say, you know what, Lauren, here's what I'm hearing from you. Now, I don't just quote her back. This is a big deal. I, I take what she's saying, put it in my words to see if I'm getting what she's trying to tell me. And in that moment, she's going to know I understand or I don't understand. You know, so if, if I were to ask a question and, and then I said, oh, so what you're telling me is, and she goes, that's it. Or she could say, no, that's not really what I was trying to get across. Then it gives me a chance to really connect in a very real way with Lauren or whoever, or my wife, Pam, or whoever I'm talking to. So we need to do that. Now, what we very often use in counseling out of the counseling tool bag is an active listening exercise. So I want to go over that with you right now. And I want to challenge you to do two things this week. One, really tune in to who asks questions in your life and who doesn't. And, and notice how that makes you feel and how you want to be around them or don't want to be around them. Number two, actually find somebody, a friend, uh, maybe uh, 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 someone if you're dating, someone you're dating or someone you're married to, and actually say, hey, let's this week, let's actually set aside at least three to four times where we practice active listening. 
Because the more you practice at it, the better you'll get. By the way, if you're married, I have married couples do this because it makes a relationship way better. Uh, if people are engaged, I love to do this as a part of premarital counseling. Uh, or you know what, if it's a you know, professional situation and I'm doing more life coaching, then I'll encourage people to ask for someone there say, hey, can we practice this together? So what do you do? You choose someone who's going to share and someone who's going to care. Uh, by the way, when I was taught this, they said you choose a speaker and a listener. But I, I don't think that does what we want you to do. So I think this is a better thing. Rather than a speaker and a listener, you choose someone who's going to share and someone who's going to care about what this person's sharing. So your goal is to genuinely care. So you choose someone to do that. Then the one who shares... And, and the one who listens, you have an agreement that the goal is complete and true understanding. So you both have an agreement. I'm going to share and you're going to care, but the goal is for understanding. The next time we'll reverse roles and you share and I'll care. And then we're going to have true understanding. So then what you have is this person over here is the sharing person. And they share something they want the caring person to know. It could be, in the beginning, something just to understand what I, you know, here's what I really love in life. So it's a little lighter and a little more fun. Or it could be this. I feel like our relationship would be better if. Now it's going to get a little deeper because you're going to go into something that's probably a little more uncomfortable. Or it might be, you know what, when this happened, you really hurt and here's why. Now that now we're going really deep and again, a lot more uncomfortable, but still super important. And if you're the person who's sharing, you need to share in an honest way, in a, in a safe way, not an attacking way, but an honest, true way about what's going on inside you. The caring person, you don't want to get defensive. You don't want to go, what? I never did that or I never, you don't do that. Your only goal is to say, I want to care about how you're feeling. And I want to care about knowing, knowing what's going on. I want to do a Shema moment. I want to get it. I want to listen and truly understand. Listen and truly get it and get how you're feeling. I'm not going to defend myself. I'm not going to do a, I give you an excuse. I'm not going to go, well, you, you know, and try to turn it back on you. The only goal I have right now is I want to care enough about you to know what's going on inside you. And so the caring person uh, does that, and they seek to connect with a place of true empathy. And so let's say that I, the other night, hurt Lauren's feelings with my comment about her hot hands. <laughs> I think that's fun. But you know what? In that moment, if she said, you know, Chuck, you embarrassed me, I shouldn't go, oh, come on. You know, you, you need to laugh more. Come on, you need to get a life. You know, I, that, that wouldn't be cool. If I said, Really? Okay, let's, let's talk about what was it that I said? How did I say it? Why did it embarrass you? And if she begins to share, I want to go, oh, I, am, I understand now. You know, um, that is something you didn't want me to talk about when you gave me the answer. You didn't want that put out there for a million people to watch on YouTube, <laughs> you know. Um, but what if, even if I don't agree with that should have embarrassed her, if it embarrassed her, it embarrassed her, then I, I want to let her know that matters. That really matters. I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it. And I won't do that to you again, at least not on purpose. Uh, you know, and so in that moment, I really want to be able to connect on in an emotional way and say, okay, you know what? Now I understand, you know, that why you were feeling how you felt or 
you know, and, and I don't want to go, but Lauren, you know me better than that. And I would never do that to you. That's what I don't want to do in that moment. I just want to be able to connect. So the, the care person, though, asks questions. It goes for deeper understanding. And so I, I might find out with, hey, have there's ever been other times I've done that to you? Really, I have. Man, I've been oblivious to that. Has it ever made it hard to be around me when I've done that? Have other people done that to you before? And, and maybe that feeds into somehow your, you know, and just begin to ask some of those questions and, and really investigate who the person is. Really seek to know who they are. And then at the very end, what you do is you reframe back, here's what I learned today. Here's what I got from you today. And uh, I, I got the fact, you know, that, and then I begin to say it in my words that hopefully interpret really, really well what you were feeling or saying. So the care person does that. Now, by the way, uh, if you haven't caught, that takes a little bit of effort. It definitely takes time. You can't be on your iPhone while you're doing it. Uh, you've you've got to really sit with the person. But what you're going to find is it will give you an ability to sharpen your skill in listening in understanding, in caring. And the relationship will actually get better and better and better and stronger and deeper. And so God created us to be able to do that. It's one of his great gifts he gave us. So I want to encourage you right now, again, to do two things. One, really start watching this week. Who is it in your life? Who is it in your world that asks questions the best? And notice that. Really get on that. You're going to find there, not to be mean, some people who are always talking, but they've never stopped to listen to you or to listen to others. And, and, and just become aware of that. And then the ones who do ask questions, I want to ask you to think about it. Are these people I like to be around more than other people? I'm going to bet your answer is yes. The second thing is find somebody to practice active listening with. Find somebody to say, hey, let's do that together. And maybe let's say four times this week, you one time be the person who shares and I'm going to be the person who cares. The next time I'll be someone who shares and you be someone who cares and do it together and see if you don't discover some things about you, but even more things about them. Active listening is one of the best things you can do to give yourself a skill to live an amazing life. I believe it's a part of the abundant life where Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and life abundantly. And so I want to hope this is something you can try and practice. Anyway, that's our, our next thing. I wanted to open up the counseling tool bag and share with you. And next week, I have another one I want to bring out. But no matter what, I hope you have a great week. I hope you ask good questions. And I hope you have great relationships. God bless you and have a great day.